you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Today's episode is supported by Kronos. No one compliments you when their paycheck is correct, uh, but make one mistake and you risk alienating your entire workforce. There's some type of connection there with uh, referees, Mark. I don't even see my paycheck. Kronos makes sure that your payroll is done right the first time from punch to paycheck, embedded checklists, simplified workflows, a single source of truth. Learn more at kronos.com slash payroll. Kronos, K-R-O-N-O-S. Dot com slash payroll workforce innovation that works. Off the play fake, got lift time, fires downfield, and the catch is made by Cooper Cup. He's inside the 20 to 10. Touchdown! 70 yards from Goff to Cup. Goff has time, fires downfield, looking for Cooks, makes the catch in the end zone. Touchdown, Brandon Cooks. Cousins ahead fake, fires, Thielen has it inside the 10. He's into the end zone for a Vikings touchdown. Goff throws over the middle, Woods makes the catch. He's into the end zone for a Rams touchdown. There it is, the golden god, Jared Goff, has the night of his life, five touchdown passes, over 400 yards through the air on Thursday night football. He led the way for the Los Angeles Rams, the erstwhile team of around the NFL, a 38-31 win over the Vikings, who simply could not keep up with the Rams, but they gave it a good fight. An incredible uh, showing from Goff and a uh, triple play of wide receivers who all went over 100 yards. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler were all here at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, and what we got to witness is one of the greatest shootouts in recent primetime memory. We got to see football in Los Angeles, I think the way it's meant to be played. Something is building here, and I think you can see it when the players are running off the field and the crowd is going crazy. It's an exciting brand of football with Sean McVay, and Jared Goff put together about two or three passes that were some of the prettiest passes I've ever seen live in my entire life. Oh my and God. I think for the country that hasn't watched the last couple of weeks, everyone knows now he's not a system quarterback. Everyone knows he does enough to bring this team to the promised land. He's not someone I'm concerned about. But can he about. run between the tackles? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Unknown. That was a it, 
I haven't been around many playoff atmospheres. Right. But even though there were a lot of Vikings fans in the stadium. About 70-30. Around like. third, late third quarter, early fourth, you know, the towels were waving. Whose house? Rams house. This place was going pretty wild. Wes, I loved what you said around the third quarter when you basically said this is a football game from 15 years from now. This is new offense. This is the new NFL. And the whole concept of assisting quarterback, this is a team that's basically once again put a statement up and said, if you want to stop us in the NFC, you need to put up 41 to 44 points and try to keep <laughs> us down because this is what they do every game. The fact that they only scored 38 feels like they kind of left points on the field. And Sam Fiken missed a, a chip shot that would have gave him a 40-burger. Would have put the game you know, away. What are you going to do about it? And they needed the defensive stop, which th they got from John Franklin Myers, of all people, mm. the strip sack. Vikings had the ball near midfield, two minutes to play. Uh, but uh, Cousins takes the sack. Cousins, who, by the way, went over 400 himself and uh, threw three touchdowns. But this was the night. This night was about Jared Goff, who, not for nothing, gentlemen, Going into the fourth quarter, entering the fourth quarter, 459 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He ends the game with a perfect pass rating, 158.3. It's such a contrast. <laughs> it was such a contrast watching the coaches leave the field. You saw you know, Sean McVay talking with his old colleague, Kirk Cousins, and then you saw Mike Zimmer leaving, totally dejected, and, and just with his shoulder slumped. And it made me think how if you have the choice – offensive coaches and building your team around offense is like the only way to go in the NFL now. Like Mike Zimmer has built this team around defense and that's great. He has great continuity, great talent, but in the end you can build your team around defense and you're going to give up 556 yards to the Rams because it's 2018. That's just how the league works. John Franklin Myers, by the way, working at Applebee's two weeks ago, according <laughs> to my records. <laughs> yeah, Mike, so. total stuff. Mike Zimmer also watched his Pro Bowl linebacker, Anthony Barr, just a rough night picked out, targeted in coverage, and it made me think, how long until linebackers go the way of fullbacks? Are they an endangered right. species? Because they cannot cover against these new newfangled offenses. And it points out that Sean McVay is setting up some of these matches. There were some plays, like the Cooper Cup touchdown, which was a beautiful throw, the one down the field. Those are beautifully designed plays. So the question isn't like, is it the scheme or is it Goff? It can be both. And when it is both, it's like, who's going to stop them? What I love right now is as we're recording this, uh, Stefan Diggs believed that this was a high-octane production and scurried around the field to not be on camera. <laughs> well, he just got some amazing cookies, and then he waved at Mark so he heard him. Uh, you got Connie Fox about 20 yards away from us. Uh, doing her live coverage, definitely kind of, you know, showing off a little bit, showing where Upstaging she's staging us. Uh, well, you start to understand why a, she's a making the money that she's scenario. making. She's, uh, you know. we have more to get to. It's time to welcome a guest, and uh, he is a safety for the Los Angeles Rams. John Johnson, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How about that? So you had a front row seat or a sideline seat for Jared Goff and what was an offensive explosion that had to be fun to watch. Oh, it was definitely fun to watch. It's funny you say that because Cooper Cup posted a picture a couple of days ago and I said, hey, we get the best seats in the house. So it's fun every week watching those guys compete. On a night like that where it's just, they're just going up and down the field, but the Vikings are definitely getting their points kind of like what's going through the defense's mind and in your mind. Oh, we just try to string together as many stops as possible. It's so weird because we score so quickly on offense, and then it feels like we're getting stops, but we look up at the uh, scoreboard and it's a close game. So it's kind of weird, but we just try well, to do our best. There's 2.20 to play, and this is a game that, because Goff and company had such a special night, you think it's over, but it's a seven-point game, and you get the big sack and the strip 
and, and you recover it. So, and a game that's remembered for the offense, that'll be remembered for the offense, the defense actually, they got the job done at the end. You guys handled business. Yeah, it's like a marriage. Those guys up front working so hard, we just got to cover us for as long as possible. And uh, we know 99, 93, and 90, they'll get home mm. eventually. So it's great to have those guys. Yeah. Number one, I really appreciate the fact that you're doing this with us. We nearly got um, mowed down by a steamroller that's attempting to, I don't know what the, what the role of this machine is on this field, but uh, kudos I feel like to it's you. Because when we were at Rams camp in August, they had the lawnmowers going right behind us, and it felt like, are they trolling us? <laughs> I think but it is a troll job. equipment that's not even for a football <laughs> it's field. It's a steamroller. Like, why is a steamroller on the field? <laughs> Stick to a driveway, please. John Johnson, but why is there a steamroller on the field? <laughs> hey, you might want to take it out with the operations guy. I apologize. One thing, emotional. though, like you see teams around the league where the offense is letting the defense down, and, and it, I would imagine it creates some tension or division in the locker room. What is it like in the Rams locker room when they are just they have your back, you have their back, both sides of the ball in concert week after week? Oh, I think that goes to Coach Sean McVay. Um, our motto is we, not me. We're, I think we're probably the most connected team in the NFL. I haven't been in other locker rooms, but we're a real connected team, and we don't, we don't turn on each other. So I think that's what helps us the most. Well, first of all, you're one of Greg's favorite players. He talks about you been, all I've the time. I've been giving you the John Pro Bowl Johnson, campaign. I'm the president incredible. right here. And PFF <laughs> also labeled John Johnson the secret superstar. Oh, the yeah. There you go. Not so secret now. Secondly, do you, when you look over across the field and you see what – Sean McVay's scheme and Jared Goff's arm and what your receivers are doing to great linebackers like Anthony Barr. Does that make you thankful that you play safety and you don't have to worry about where the game's going in the future? Oh, definitely. Um, like you said, man, we practice against those guys every day. We know what they're capable of. And um, it's just amazing to see those guys go out there and, and show the world what they can do. What was it like tonight for you with, you know, the injuries at cornerback? Did you, Does your responsibilities change or what what changed back there in the secondary uh i don't i don't think much changed uh you know guys like sam shields troy hill they can be starters on another team so the, the there's no drop off from when you know, when mark marcus and akeem got hurt but um i'm glad that marcus played he's a rock he's a soldier and uh we just went from there the steamroller's coming. He, this, this time he means personal. business. Yeah, he means business I, I, this time. I love, the, I love it. It's going to show hey, our professionalism. Todd Gurley was on the uh, TNF set, uh, and he said this. I'm going to give you a quote. He just said this. Any team can be beat right now, but nah, we can't be beat right now. No <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts about it. Do you agree, John Can you Johnson? just repeat that? Yeah. I hate that he said that, but I agree. Uh, that's the type of confidence you got to have in this league. If you don't, you'll get beat. Like you said, you can get beat any week. So right now we're hot and we got to keep it going. Rams 4-0, uh, looking unstoppable. John Johnson, one part of the team, but this is a team that could beat you in any way. John, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. No problem. There he goes, John Johnson. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, final thoughts on the game. It really was a kind of a special game to be at offense at this level. I think that your uh, accountable hot take is in good shape, and it doesn't bother me when Todd Gurley and John Johnson talk that way. Because What's his accountable hot like take? That the Rams are going to be the last team to lose a game. This looks like a Super if Bowl team. If at all. I feel good about it. You should. Mark? Uh, take for me, when we were at Rams camp, uh, Kevin Demoff from the, from the Rams basically said he was concerned about us showing up to another Rams game because we were here for the playoff yeah. game, mm. and they got bounced uh, – we're back on board. I feel like we'll be allowed to another event. I hope next time. Good final thought. I never, I never left. Uh, you 
You know, my sneaky starts and I. You never left. What is that? I'm just saying, I've been right? on the Rams bandwagon. That's all. I'm saying. I, you, you, that's like not, what, that's not exactly what I'm I was Rams saying. Fan. I don't care. Thank you. You can be fans. It's kind of like Wes is a fan of the Patriots over the last couple of years. I'm a fan like, of excellence. No, that's not like football true. excellence. I defend is them against nonsense. Greg, the, the sneaky, have some fan integrity, please. This is utter mutiny by Greg. The sneaky superstar tonight was YG, a breakout performance by the LA rapper who came out. Is this Greg likes rap? Did a between quarter, just great set, but the fact that Robert Woods scored the touchdown and then handed the ball over to a YG. Nice there were a lot of moments here where you do feel like, hey, this is L.A. It was a very Los Angeles. Greg has pulled his production completely right out of Randy control. Newman and uh, YG, I kept my eyes on him after that celebration, after the Woods touchdown, poured himself some tequila, so he had a nice day. My final thought, yeah, I hate to see it, but uh, Wes getting heckled for the first time from the stands, a man that went after the fact that you're wearing a scarf. What are your thoughts about that? Well, ever since I had a life-altering, life-threatening disease, And cancer, you did pull the card on that guy and shut him down. Yeah, my I've been skinny and I'm bald and I get cold really easily. And if that makes me a wuss, it makes me a wuss. Yeah, but Wes, your new sort of new era, new age Wes fashion, fashionista right, sense, is going to net some criticism from certain male figures like it did tonight. Especially salty Vikings fans who, you know. Next they, time I'm going up in the stands after him. All right, the, it's coming back, the steamroller, so let's wrap it up. Uh, we have a lot more games to get to, so let's throw it there, and I'm going to beat this man in the steamroller. Let's go to the rest of week four. The Around the NFL podcast. Have you seen Greg's chest hair? <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. I don't think I can unsee Greg's chest hair. A lot of people didn't expect it, <laughs> and that's what they got. I heard actually. Now, since it came up, I wasn't going to talk about this, but uh, a, a, a source came up to me in the newsroom yesterday and said that they tried to grab Greg to have a quick conversation with a Chargers team official that was uh, on the campus, and Greg uh, kept walking, did a wave of the hand, and said. I have media commitments for my other job. Oh, Direct quote. This wow. Is, this is ridiculous. She yelled at me. Media commitments for my other job. Shona, Shona, you know who you are, brassy. She yelled at me from 100 feet away literally while I was getting into my car. And, yeah, I was late to, a, to another job. Job. I find it. Well, yeah, if they pay you for it, it's a job. You have another job. I mean, it's the most intriguing element is that you did anything against the wishes of one of the two L.A. football teams. I thought you would have gotten righted into line and gone and done Dan, exactly Dan what they Dan couldn't have asked. reported this story more poorly. It was the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> it's, it's, right? They had talked to us about being here. All right, the Vikings. And I, met, nowhere, I met with them and had a wonderful were, chat with them. They were nowhere near it. I thought they were going to come watch the podcast. But, yeah, I was literally in the car on my way out. So. I got the team wrong, but everything else is 100% accurate. Greg, a hand wave, a dismissal and a commentary that he had to get to his other job for media commitments. That was true. <laughs> Brassy, give me a break. <laughs> uh, this is our Thursday night week four preview slash Thursday night football recap. You just heard us, of course, from Los Angeles Coliseum, uh, Rams and Vikings. And now we are going to go through all of the games that will be played on Sunday and Monday. Uh, how's the schedule feel for you this week, Greg? You excited about week four? I'm not happy with the bye week in week four. Oh, yeah, that's on your Two radar. teams are off. It's like, come on, week four. We need to see a Silly. little more before teams are taken. Little That'll make the show about three minutes shorter. A little news involving one of the teams on bye, the Carolina Panthers. Um, Eric Reed, the safety who's been out of work 
uh, tied to the Colin Kaepernick uh, kneeling uh, storyline that's dominated the uh, football landscape for over a year. He is now employed, even though he has an ongoing, still the collusion case. I don't know what happens with that now. I don't know. Maybe we have to get it's Gabe, ongoing. Gabe it's, Feldman. Yeah, it's in not here. going away. Know. Still going. Does that help? Is that hurt your case if you get hired? I don't know. Doesn't matter. But he got hired, and Greg, I thought you you put it well in your in the tweet uh, that maybe under prior ownership, um, almost definitely under prior ownership, Eric Reed is not signing with the Panthers, uh, but with David Tepper at the helm instead of Jerry Richardson, Reed gets off the unemployment line. They needed uh, a safety in the worst way. They need a starting safety. According to Ian Rapport, they thought Reed was the best available by far, so they didn't really have to think too long about it. He called it a football decision, and that was that. They did run it by David Tepper, but it, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal to them. They didn't bring they didn't bring up anything to do with Reed's support of you know social injustice causes during their interviews or anything like that. This is the type of NFL owner we need more of in the NFL right now. Quite the contrast to the Falcons who came out this week after losing both starting safeties in the first three weeks and said, "Now nah, we're good. We're just going to develop from within. The Panthers edge out the Falcons by one game in the standings because their secondary is better. I think right. some people should ask some questions. And there, is, there was a report the 49ers uh, actually talked to Reed about possibly bringing him back, and I think he liked the idea of going to a new organization better, and so he did. All right, there you go. There's the update on Eric Reed. Let's now get into the Sunday games, and we'll start with a inter-conference battle. Are we doing this again? Intra. Intra. Intra-conference battle between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons one and two. I like non-conference. I, I like the intra. I like it. Just gives a little, a little, uh, little pop to, to it. Sun. A little pop right. to it. But if you don't, if we're not totally sure if that's Are right, are we not sure? Fifty percent. I don't know. I, you know, I say intra with with some security, if, but then I get tweets telling I'm, me that I'm wrong. So yeah, right. I'm I saying really if we're not sure, the the listeners may not be sure, and you just want them Ricky to Hollywood, or they may be. Can you look that up just yeah. to make sure which conference team right versus term? conference team is? We'll what forget I would, it by next. Right, year. but no, this is AFC versus NFC. Oh, so AFC versus NFC uh, showdown. Intra. That's what I would say. No. Enter. So I had it right. I don't okay. think it's either. No, I think it is intro. Anyway, the Falcons, uh, they are looking really good on offense. Uh, actually, they from statistic-wise, maybe not. They're they're tied for 11th in total offense. But uh, Matt Ryan, uh, all the things that he struggled with last year and their offense in the red zone, that's all been washed away. He's coming off a five-touchdown game. But it came in a loss against the Saints. Uh, now they're playing a Bengals team. Uh, that could not keep up with the Panthers last week. Nice battle here, uh, Greg. Uh, excuse me, Mark. Uh, Good move. What do you think about this game? Uh, I want to say real quickly, though, before we get going, that I have <laughs> tried to get a lot of Game Pass work done this week, but have had to hire the help of two, went on Craigslist and hired the help of two uh, female UCLA students to watch some of these Game Pass games. This is one of them, and to send me uh, dense notes before the show begins. Got them about 10 minutes ago. Here's what I um, am learning. Well, well there from, goes our opportunity to get the show wrapped up quickly. Uh, <laughs> this is from Juliette Tosh, a yeah. French literature major at UCLA. She is very impressed with the uh, fixed red zone scenario for the Falcons. They have a 100% red zone mark over the last two weeks. Watching the Bengals on Sunday, though. What one is thing fixed is red zone? They fix their issues. We're all everyone's talking about the red oh, zone issues. They need to watch Game Pass to just pick out those stats. Well, listen, you can take that up with Juliet Tosh, French literature <laughs> major. But I, w one thing with Cincinnati, they did try to keep up with the Panthers, but they don't Keep have Joe Mixon. And you got John Ross, who I think if you get him going is one thing. He has yardage totals of three, eight, and sixteen the last three weeks, and the really only thing they had was trying to get AJ 
screen down the field. And then he went out last week, and he's back, it sounds like. But their their offense was – they're le- essentially leaning almost entirely on Andy Dalton to do every for, everything for them against the, pa- the Panthers, that. and that's a bad formula for, for Cincinnati. Andy Dalton, keep an eye on – he has a groin issue. He left the game last week. Is he going to be okay in this game? It sounds like he's going to play, but is he going to be Andy Dalton? Uh, West Tyler Eifert, who's kind it's of – A.J. Green with the groin issue, right? What did I say? Andy Dalton. Yeah, oh, excuse me. A- Green. A.J. Green, I'm right. sorry, has the groin issue. Uh, Tyler Eifert has looked better in the last couple of weeks. I wonder if uh, he has a bigger role in perhaps a breakout game this week. I'm not sure if he's even playing more snaps than C.J. Azama and, and Tyler Croft. Um, they're, they're using Eifert, but I, it seems like they have imposed a limit on him to keep him healthy to like 20 to 25 snaps a game. Um, I don't know if he's quite as explosive, but he's certainly a red zone threat. You're right. He's catching passes, and they're pretty good at tight end. Like They have three tight ends they can use. You have like Ty- Tyler Boyd is their number one receiver this year in terms of yardage. I mean, he's on pace for 1,300 yards. John Ross, a huge disappointment. I think they can be fine even without him, especially when Mixon's back. And I think they'll be fine this week because they're playing one of the worst defenses in football. I mean, Dan Quinn... They gave up 500 yards for the first time since he was the Falcons' coach last week, offering no resistance. Really, the last couple weeks, and I know a lot of it is injuries. That's just that's just how it is, and they don't have a system apparently in place that can survive it. Even when Tack McKinley's been on the field, they don't have much of a pass rush, and when he's off the field, they they basically have nothing. One real quick thing the Bengals need to fix: I thought Carlos Dunlap had a great game last week, but they in general got gashed by the run. I mean that that's not supposed to be happening to this front seven, and like they they that game was essentially to me not as close as the score looked. Thank you, Juliet, for that. Juliet, note. yeah, nice work, honey. Trenchant uh, analysis. I actually watched this game last Sunday, so that's coming from <laughs> me. Uh, it it is a mismatch to have Geno Atkins, who's playing as well as he's ever played against this offensive line. And look at that! <laughs> wow, uh, Tyler Eifert, by the way, has they've been. Uh, increasing his snaps e- each week. So it seems like they're trying to work him into the offense, but you're right, Wes. I think they're very wary of his injury history. Let's move on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a short week. They got uh, the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, we know what's going on in Tampa, Wes. Uh, Fitzpatrick not as golden on Monday night, but still an NFL record, uh, his third straight 400-yard game. Uh, now here's a real challenge, Wes, because as much trouble as Chicago's having on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's been underwhelming. That defense is for real Khalil Mack at the front of it. Fitz Magic versus the Bears D. This mm. is a great matchup. We have given Todd Monken, the play caller for the Bucks, a ton of praise. And now you're going up against a defense that might be the best in the league. They, they could have had a pick six last week if not for an offsides call on top of everything else they did to the Cardinals. Uh, one of the Cardinals' touchdowns basically came one play after a Trubisky turnover, so it wasn't even a drive. This defense is on fire. And I think from the offensive point of view for the Bears, the rest of the offense is getting a free pass just because Trubisky is struggling. But hmm. Allen Robinson looks a little slower than I remember him in Jacksonville. He doesn't impress me that much. They need to get the ball in Tariq Cohen's hands more often, I think, because they're lacking playmaking ability. Um, and I don't see any like game breakers on this offense outside of Cohen. Well, we were so excited about Taylor Gabriel. They don't have a receiver over 90 yards other than Allen Robinson, who's been solid. I, I, it's hard for me to tell because Trubis- he has been solid. Trubisky has such obvious limitations. But at like right 15 now. million a year, I want more than solid. Right, but it, Trubisky has such limitations right now that it is hard to evaluate the rest of the group. He's thrown for 5.7 yards per attempt in a league where everyone's over seven and eight right now, and he's so. 
not calm in the pocket. He's so frenetic, and that's one of the things people are worried about with him that, okay, this offense is quarterback friendly, but there's a lot to take in mentally. There's a lot to process and that he's kind of just a little scrambled right now. He's not processing, and it's really helping out one of my favorite little corners of the Internet, which is Mitchell Trubisky can't throw left truth or Twitter. What? And this has been a thing that's been <laughs> Tell going me more. on. This has been going on for a, a few years. I this feel like across his body this essentially. Is, this is like Christian McCaffrey can't run through the tra- run. Through right, the except tackles. this one has incredible statistical evidence dating back from college and right through uh, into the pros. Arif Hassan, who's a good writer uh, at the Athletic, uh, who has the numbers and like he. Right now, Trubisky can't throw past the line of scrimmage to his left. Pretty much hasn't done it throughout his I know everyone brings this up, but the fact that Patrick Mahomes has thrown four more touchdowns in 11 fewer games than Trubisky in, in essentially an offense with a very similar playbook with similar coaches that came from the same system. I, I just like the, the one thing about this game is that the Bucks, for all the mistakes you might get from Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he does what he's been doing and puts up three touchdowns, how do the Bears keep up on offense? Well, they're playing one of the worst defenses in the league, and that's the the biggest concern for the. Bucks. I don't know if that matters as, as a Bears. as a playoff type of team. Is that they're I think they're thirty first in Football Outsiders and defense right now, and there's not a lot of solutions on paper. They should be better up front, but it's a bad secondary playing young players. I think they're thirty first, thirty second in rushing offense too. So it's basically only their passing game that's working. Erica, do we have um, more clarity on the intra inter situation? When to use inter. Inter is a prefix used to form words that mean between or among groups. We see examples of this prefix used in many places. The athletic conference that governs high school sporting activities is called the Inter High School Athletic Association. When to use intra. Intra is a prefix used to form words that mean on the inside, within. Contrast this with inter. And you immediately see the difference. There's no clarity there. Wait, no, I just are, that sounds I, like the same. Interconference thing. is what you're looking for. Yeah. That that's inter. Remember the old intercontinental belt? Yeah. Uh, that that meant through multiple continents. <laughs> it was not just one continent. No. But again, when the definitions are this unclear even to us, why even say it? Because too many listeners won't even know. Just pick one and say it with I confidence. Think, I say non-conference. Interconference. Non is I, so clear. I like to go with AFC NFC showdown. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of uh, intra, no, intra-conference battle, the Detroit Lions, roar, took out Erica Tamposi's New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football. That had to hurt. Uh, So they're feeling good at one and two. Now they travel to Big D to face the Cowboys. Uh, Greg, you wonder how Detroit can build off a win as momentous as Patricia taking out his uh, old boss. Uh, And you wonder, are the Cowboys any good at all? Especially offensively. Jason Garrett, to my mind, hasn't taken enough criticism. It's all on Linehan or Dak Prescott. It's like this has been Jason Garrett's team and his offense ultimately. He's the one that's in charge. And they're intra. It, it's easy to say that they're predictable, but they really are predictable. I read I read a good article about how they they always use the same play kind of as a first half drive starter to the point where their radio announcers make jokes about it. It's where they, you know, have these two tight ends crossing over the over the middle on a bootleg from Dak Prescott. And guess what? They did it to start the second quarter last week. The Lions knew exactly what's coming. They, you know, they shut it down. It's I don't know what it is. It, it's the talent. It's the ideas. It's everything. It's a coaching staff that I don't think is going to be able to overcome bad talent. I also cannot stand teams to try to tell you all offseason we're fine at this position group. <laughs> Like two off seasons right. ago, when we heard about Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch 
we're fine in Denver with our quarterback situation. We're perfectly capable, and you've poured James Palmer has to tell us 7,000 times on NFL Network about Trevor Simeon. This is the Cowboys this offseason telling you, we don't need Des Bryant. Jane, I'm fine with poor that. Jane Slater. Or in this case, poor Jane Slater, but telling us that this, you know, this wide receiver group, we're going to develop from within. We're going to be fine in what is essentially the more passing heavy offense league right now that we've ever seen. You cannot survive if you can't throw the ball, and they cannot exist that way. I they, struggle. It's unbelievable what they what they have going on. I struggle to feel for Jane Slater. I look at my life, and then I go on her Instagram, and I see what's going on there. It's the life of a successful, hyper-successful sports broadcaster, and then just like the Dallas socialite scene, you're just flying. Oh, there's boat parties oh, yeah. with like 60 to 70 very attractive people on the boat. I would love to. I, I'm at home, you know, essentially watching whatever my children want to watch on television. So I just put away the tissues for old Jane Bear. That's all. Jane Bear? Jane Bear? <laughs> Jane Bear, yes. Did you just make right. that up? Uh, no, my friend Jason Zumwalt, his wife is Jane. Ah! Jane Bear. So maybe I'm going to stick with You've Jane stolen Ocosi. your friend's Zumwalt. wife's nickname and, and attach it to Jane Slater. These yeah. are these are two dis- I'll pull it back. disappointing starts, but the, the Lions could be fine here. If they get to 2-2 two and two and they got Kenny Galladay just popping. I love watching Kenny Galladay right now. That's a triplet right there, Kenny that wide Galladay. receiver group. He might be their best receiver, period. And – if you ever get down in the dumps watching Blake Bortles' film, mechanics-wise, go watch Matthew Stafford for a while. He's got feet like a boxer, like Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Moving on, the Buffalo Bills. More interconference battles. Travel to Lambeau Field to face uh, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know what happened with the Bills last week. They shocked the NFL and, of course, the Minnesota Vikings, whooping up on uh, the Vikes in Minneapolis. Now their reward is to stay in the NFC North and go to Lambeau Field. That's a rough, rough turnaround. Uh, is there any way, uh, Mark, that they have another upset in store? This is two times in a row that your inner being wants to throw the analysis to Greg, but yes. then because of the schedule that we've laid have out, you to. have to correct I have yourself no choice. and send it to me. I have to do it. Well, this isn't actually my comment. This comes from sports science major Gemma Olivia, who watched the Bills last week and was – Basically, her notes were breakout game for Josh Allen, the game we've been looking for on the ground. He's hurdling players. He's running for that first touchdown. The defense doesn't allow the Vikings to cross the 50-yard line until the third quarter. I cannot wait to see this game and find out if this Bills team, which everyone thought would be the essentially worse than last year's Browns team, how they respond and if they're going to turn her out to be a team that's more like an 8-8 eight and eight type club that grits out some of these wins, or if they go back into hibernation totally S the bed, and allow the Green Bay Packers just to roll through them. Hey, how come you don't reach out to any male co-eds for these assignments? I have you three. It's not really <laughs> the way Mark rolls. You're kind of like the first two people who, who uh, applied. Oh, okay. The just a coincidence. Not a lot of dudes on the old like Instagram messages, you know? I have you three in my ear all day long, check out mine. every single day. <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? Eric? Just a go bunch ahead. of dudes in <laughs> my DMs. Mm. There you go. Nice. Ricky, yeah. Hol- Ricky Hollywood, <laughs> look her up. Uh, other thoughts on this game, gentlemen? Yeah, all the credit in the world to the Bills for what they did last week, but they're not sneaking up on anybody this time around. And the Packers, there was a little too much hand-wringing over their offense. As Dan has pointed out, it was drops, and drops in a rainy Wet field condition, too. So it's a little more excusable in that situation. I thought Rodgers missed a couple of throws early but looked really good down the stretch. I think this offense is just fine. I, I like that Josh Allen last week, not only – he's their leading rusher on the season, which is problematic. But not only, like, when he leaps over 
Barr that you can pull that off, but he lets Barr know about it afterwards and kind of trash talks in his face. And I think that's the reason why the Bills' teammates seem to love Josh Allen. He is pretty fun to watch. He reminds me a little bit of like a more, even more athletic Blake Bortles. So I think there's going to be some weeks where it all clicks. But the key to the team is just the defense flying around. Like you can't measure the type of effort and just the way they were flying to the ball in Minnesota. And if you can do that week after week, you'll have a chance. It's not every week that Anthony Barr comes across a quarterback who's a better athlete than him. That's right. Uh, Packers just 24th in rushing. I know you like Aaron Jones, uh, Wes. Yeah, they he, could be giving a little bit more uh, help on the running game as well. I was watching this game the other day, and they had a stat on the broadcast that their offense last year averaged a yard and a half more per play when Aaron Jones is on the field than wow. when he's not on the field. And he just plays at a different speed than Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, who are better receivers. I don't think you want Aaron Jones to be a big part of your passing game, but he is a difference maker as a runner, I think. They you didn't mean the broadcast the award-winning podcast hosted by Erica Tamposi and Emma. 99% of the time when I speak the word broadcast, right. it means okay. the award-winning okay. podcast. Uh, of course. In this situation. I'm wait- I haven't gotten a text in like over six days threatening me to uh, – I better retweet her I podcast. Do I, put it out, right I put out a tweet now. this morning because I can I mean, feel this, the heat coming. This conversation is worth more than 10 of those tweets. <laughs> That's so. true. That's she what she Greg just, says. Greg's like, I'm not going to tweet it because no one's going to really care no about it. No one cares like, about podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. The Houston Texans are 0-3. Yoinks. Uh, and, Oof, you know, they're, they're, they've been all in all the games. Every loss has been uh, been seven points or less. But 0-3 is 0-3, and now they travel to uh, Indianapolis to face the Colts. A lot of speaking of hand-wringing about uh, Andrew Luck and whether this is just who Andrew Luck is now, which is a mediocre or worse quarterback. So that's a, that's a subplot to watch. Um, Wes, why have Deshaun Watson and the Texans started 0-3? What's, what's going on over there? Their offensive line is a mess. They get beat every week. Um, and I think it takes Deshaun Watson a little – it seems like it takes him a little bit to get into the game. He, they're not really moving the ball until the second halves of games. Now they have Bruce Ellington out, and he's been a pretty good slot receiver for, for Watson. So I'm wondering who's going to be the third receiver. And Lamar Miller, you got to do better than him as a starting yeah. running back. He's just not making plays. They've been waiting for him for a couple of years now. Bad fumble against the Giants too. I, I see an offense that, like, last year they were – it was so – immediately you could see right away that the, 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 the offense with Watson was such a different operation and they do not seem to have an identity right I mean now, they, they West mentioned it they're in by according to pro football focus their ta- two tackles are ranked dead last out of 77 and fourth to last out of 77 so that makes life difficult yet they're playing a team they might not have to score that much to win the, the best unit in this game which is shocking to me is the Colts defense <laughs> and so this is a, a low-scoring type of game. I mean, Andrew Luck the last two weeks has thrown for 177 yards and 141, and the arm's just not right. And I hope – I don't know what – I don't know if it, it's going to get better if there's a thought that, like, as he keeps playing and building it up, it's going to get better. Because if it doesn't, it's so depressing. What? Because it's – he's floating these balls in there, and you can tell on the, the deeper out routes – there, everything's a touch pass, and it's crazy that Andrew Luck of all people that that's yeah, the case. like who would ever thought Andrew Luck, he's the most conservative QB in the league so far this season. Uh, he ranks last in air yards per attempt, air distance per attempt, and he is when you look uh, at this season, he's like Blaine Gabbert in terms of how conservative he is with the football, and it's like whoever saw that coming. It's, it's sort of um, depressing. <laughs> 
It but, is. But for the moment, I think the biggest issue is surrounding talent, and that's why they're only dialing up shallow passes. Their surrounding talent is absolutely atrocious. But when you see him try, when you see him push the ball no, no, a little no, no. bit, Let there me... are times where he needs a little arm strength. Right, and I it. wonder how much of that is not trusting his arm enough to let it go. I don't know how much of that is mental versus physical, but you're right. There was a pass early in the third quarter where he floated it to the sideline to T.Y. Hilton. It should have been picked off, and not many quarterbacks have that issue. So I think for the moment, surrounding talent's the biggest issue, but for the future, you had a guy who was the number one overall pick in the draft because of his – a lot of it because of his arm talent, and now you wonder what's his value for the future if he's not well, Andrew Luck. And I he, think like, he could d- develop into like a Chad – I mean, even with a weak arm, Chad he could Oh, no, he don't say it. Player. Don't you say don't it. Andrew Chad, Luck. Yeah, you don't want uh, Chad Petty. Can we ever get this guy franchise. a running game, by the way? I mean, might be too this, late. This may be the it most be imbalanced Colts offense that he's been in. He's been Jordan in a bunch Wilkins of imbalances. Jordan wouldn't make many rosters in the NFL, and he's starting for the Colts. Let's move on. The New York Jets got – a much-needed break after their loss against the Browns on Thursday Night Football. They get uh, 10 days off, and now they travel uh, to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars, who are coming off a real bad loss at home against the banged-up Titans team. They lost 9-6, so the Jags, you would think, uh, are going to be looking to get right against the Jets, uh, who, um, Greg, uh, one thing that I, I don't know if a lot was made of the Jets in general because it was such a big story with the Browns, but that meltdown in the second half, the big the big part of it for me was they couldn't get anything going on offense with Darnold, uh, and they were going off the field real quick. Yeah. And the Jets are playing their third game in 11 days on a human night in Ohio. And I think that's as big a reason as any why they weren't able to get the stops down the stretch because I think this defense is good. I, I do too, but they're still making up for a lack of a natural pass rush, and all their pressure is coming from defensive backs and these creative blitzes. Bowles, if he's going out, and he might be going out, according to Ralph Facciano, who's covered that team forever, there's talk around, or at least that city forever, that there's talk around that he could be on the hot seat right now, that, that it, there's already a feeling. Need results. That but sh- shouldn't he be? Yeah. Two five-win seasons. I don't, and then I, that, that was that I don't get that. going into a season with a, a rookie quarterback and then considering either fire him in the offseason or pretty much let him have this season. Like, wait till mid-December. What, what are you going to get? A, well, I get not put – an interim coach almost never works out. What's the point? But at the same time, like, if you really do – and they – They're showing good things on defense. Darren Lee, for instance. Their defense is, what, is fine, but, like, is this the guy you want attached to Sam Darnold for the, for the first five years of his career? I don't think – I honestly don't think Todd Bowles is the problem right now. I guess, like – that was a bad loss, and people are going to get uh, excited about that. But I, I, I'm not thinking to myself right now, oh, if they could just fire Todd Bowles, this team's going to get you, So I was hanging out with you yesterday, Dan, and you yes. sounded pretty confident about this game, I think, coming up with Jacksonville. Or you, you sound intrigued by it. You don't let I go in don't with any I just don't trust Jack, the Jaguars. Like they, could, they could roll over the Jets, uh, or they can let me, be in another rock fight. Let me tell you what's going on with the Jaguars' offense. They come out against the Patriots, and it's big plays all over the field. This week I wrote something about Kenny Vaccaro, and I felt guilty for putting the statement in there that Jaguars didn't have a single explosive play last week because they couldn't. Their quarterback was a mess. Their quarterback was tentative when he threw. He paused in his delivery. His footwork got worse throughout the game, and this is who Blake Bortles is. One week he's on fire. The next week his delivery is so awful that it just holds the whole offense back. That's why, like, this isn't gambling advice, but – No, no, no. I'm shocked how big uh, an underdog the Jets were. If I was allowed to lock up like a team, you know, proving uh, the desert wrong and, you know, 
at least keeping the game right. close. This would be – I would lock that up. Because to me, this is I, – I don't think the Jets are as bad as people think, I don't, and I don't necessarily think the Jaguars are as good. Well, you I just never do. know which Bortles you're going to get. So it could be a blowout, or it could be they can't move the ball. And the well, defense has which, been great, but, but how, Which Sam Darnold are we going to get also? Nobody knows. That, we don't know that. He's that a developing young quarterback. This game, to me, has 17-14 all over it. I don't know I'm which way it goes. I'm with I feel you. Okay about it. Uh, moving on, uh, AFC East showdown time. The Dolphins. Ju- they just want the respect. They say we got the dubs. Now give us the respect. <laughs> and as Mark said uh, eloquently on Wednesday's show, uh, well, here's your chance. You're going to Foxborough, uh, and go beat the Patriots, who got a lot of issues right now. And they're trying to figure out who they are. I, I think the thing for Miami that that they have in their favor is a really developing secondary with Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick. You have a chance to play a banged-up Patriots team that's shorthanded at running back, does not have Julian Edelman. We don't know about Josh Gordon. And this is Miami's chance. They have not done well in, in New England, not unlike many other teams, but I think they have, like, what, one win in the past, like, 40 eons in New England. This is as close as they've had a chance to take out New England in years. And the point yesterday was show me something – Dolphins, if you want to be that team that we start to take seriously on this show and going forward, you have to do, show up in this game. I, I think this is a team that has – I'm not saying they have a coaching advantage against the Patriots, but I do think Adam Gase is a tough guy to prepare for. And on some levels, this offense is a tough team to prepare for because they spread it around. There are some things they do that almost remind me of the Patriots because they have about seven or eight guys. Kenny Stills is probably the key one that you want to stop, but you're not really sure on any given play who could make the big play, and they're very balanced. I think they're a deep team without great, huge weaknesses. It's If you look on both sides of the roster, it's a lot of just above average position groups. Their offense is top eight. Their defense is top eight. Their special teams is top eight right now, according to Football Outsiders. And their tackles are both playing really well, protecting Ryan Tannehill. It's been a great start. I don't think it's been a fluke. Uh, It's been some weird games, but I don't think it's been a fluke. I wonder how much – you know when Albert Wilson signed for like $8 million a year, everyone was like, why did you just give Albert Willian $8 million? I wonder how much of it is that every – quarterback guru needs to have a jet sweep fly sweep fake guy (laughs) in their offense and Albert Wilson's that guy it seems like all the best play callers have this in their offense and Albert Wilson was signed to fill that role and it came up huge against the Raiders last week by the way Minka Fitzpatrick whoo yeah, Jordy Nelson's big game came because of oh, Fitzpatrick. I was wondering where you're going with this. <laughs> you're you're hitting out at the Dolphins fans. Who Mitch, are Mika Fitzpatrick, about who's going to have a good career and he's going to be a good player and he's been good in many of the games this year. He got abused by Jordy Nelson. Overall, though, I think they've hit on this draft pick. I agree, Greg. Um, I just want to I want to throw this out there to you. You famously have never picked against the Patriots on this podcast. Yeah, and. I just want to let you know, and I, it doesn't matter what I think because it's all about when you look in the mirror. Uh, but I, I say if you want to l- look in the mirror and, and lock up the Pats this week, I wouldn't judge you for it. Yeah, I am. I already uh, I told Tim Posey it's happening. Oh. I, it's rare that you get a chance to lock up the Patriots. It's, it feels like. Did you did big. you look in the mirror? What did you see? I saw a one and two team with a lot of problems that uh, on paper looked a lot worse than the Dolphins. So I don't feel bad about that at all. I do think they're going to come out. They're going to play their best. I don't like the fact that they're heavy favorites considering like what's been going on. Are they in the lock it up zone that you've been calibrating recently? Yeah, just at the edge yeah. of it. Just at the edge. Um, I looked in the mirror and I saw Greg peeking over my shoulder. Oh. I'm locking up the Patriots. Oh, okay. Me too. 
What's the point? I, I can I undo it? What's the point of having the same ones as the other people? I thought Greg is a Patriots fan. There was some. There was a hook to that. You guys, I don't know. What I, I, I want thought, to lock up against the three. And I thought team. that was a nice moment. Okay. Good luck to the Pats, everybody. I'm Wait, not Greg it told up. me they're terrible, so I picked a terrible team going against an undefeated. I'm not. I'm, hey, listen. Can I, I have wear? sandwiches on? They're definitely not winning, terrible. So. They're heavily favored. I mean, uh, they were at, right at that edge. I've, I've figured out the lock zone is about right around the. Touchdown. I'm not locking this team up. That's that feels cheap to me. So you're taking it back. Yeah. Wow. There okay, you go, bro. So taking that one back. <laughs> Can I wear my Patriots Amendola jersey this weekend, like in spite, or is that going to be only bad if luck? if they lose? Then you would have to do a walk of shame down Washington Boulevard. Do I don't free think country. that's good. Yeah. Um, and I should on the subjects of lock. I did a bad job. I missed it. Um, I want to lock up the Texans to get off the schneid. Nice. And I actually, in Indianapolis. I actually, and this is on my sheet of paper and completely forgot to mention this, <laughs> but I locked up the Falcons. Uh, all right. We're all. <laughs> you know what else I saw when I looked in the mirror? What? Are we, we're on this Patriots game, so I'm going to throw out some Patriots. Sony Michelle cannot make a play. Philip oh, no, cannot Greg. make a play. Oh, Greg. Philip Dorsett is not an NFL starting receiver. Chris, oh, Greggy. Chris Hogan needs a bunch of up, other so people to get open in order for him to get open. And and Sony Michelle, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen a running back play. You get him in the open space, and he can't make anyone miss. Pat's getting Trey Flowers and Patrick Chung back. Is Josh like. Gordon playing? Yeah, Josh Gordon. I think Josh Gordon probably plays. The Athletic. Oh, yeah. It's a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The Athletics model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. No around the NFL podcast either. I mean, they've, they've literally hired every other sports writer in the country. <laughs> can read between us. the lines on that one uh, if you get through the paywall. Instead, readers subscribe for an authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists, hardcore journos who know their teams inside and out. Subscribers have access to local and national content with more than 700 new stories published every week across all sports, including the NFL. Too much. Check it out. Coverage will I'm go beyond recaps and trade speculation to provide smarter analysis and a new perspective about the team and league. Are you enjoying your subscription? I am. The, the app especially. I'd say come to us. It is we'll nice publish. to have everything in one place. You come to our little circle, we'll publish it's maybe big, six or seven it's articles. It's a better app than the NFL right now. Let's just be real on the written content. Their Let's team. Step it up, NFL. <laughs> they weren't asking for this. Of NF, National writers for the NFL includes Jay Glazer, Mike Lombardi, Ted Nugent, Lindsay, Lindsay Jones, Ross Tucker, Dane Brugler, Lisa Wilson, and more. What a team. To get 40% off a first-year subscription, go to theathletic.com slash around the NFL. That's just $2.99 a month when you go to theathletic.com slash around the NFL. Theathletic.com slash around the NFL. Let's move on to talk about the team that defeated Erica's beloved Patriots in the latest Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 2-1. and one. Uh, they squeezed by the Colts in week three, and now they travel to Tennessee to face the Titans. Uh, Carson Wentz, Chris Wessling back uh, his second game in the lineup. When you uh, got a chance to look at that game tape, are you okay with uh, how Wentz looked? He made some mistakes. He turned it over twice in his deep in his own territory. He missed some throws. Um, he's not quite as fast as he was. There was one play where he ran to the sideline and was forced to slide before he got to the sideline because he couldn't outrun the guy to the edge. That said, he, there were a couple of Houdini escape acts that are trademarked to him. Um, his arm was so much stronger than Andrew Luck's arm in that game. Hmm. Um, I, I think Wentz is he's getting back to who he was. He's not quite there yet, but he's still one of the top 
12 or 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. When he was running out of the pocket, did he look slower to you? Yes. He definitely did to me, lumbering almost, mm. running towards the I actually the thought, like, the physical, his ability to cut and make people – like, that, to me, jumped off the screen. I was like, wow, he's almost yes, all the way back But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking when he was, like when he was on the run. Line speed. Yeah, he like, hit. the physical part. And I think they were – and they talked about it this week – that I think they're really excited about that. I think the offensive issues that we've talked we, we talked about on Wednesday, that is more than just Carson Wentz, and right. I think that team this team well, is getting over that. They're going to get Elshon Jeffrey back. It sounds like Jay Ajayi practice. That that's the, been the issue. Their their guys yeah. are out, and that's Jeffrey. I wouldn't imagine he's going to be immediately insult, uh, inserted and have a the role that maybe he had it by the end of last year. They're going to work him back, but as he gets more into the mix, that's going to be a big big addition for him. He's such an important part of that. And role. that Colts game happened in a driving range as well. I would say this watching the Eagles. I don't know if a better t- if there's a team in the league that does a better job with its tight ends. Yeah. In, in the passing really game. I mean, Joshua Dallas Goddard, Ertz, yep. Uh they lost Rodney McLeod for the season today or at least wow. put him on injured reserve and that is a huge loss. He was he was an underrated above average starting safety and they've they've had a lot of those injuries, but I do want to mention I like my Fletcher Cox a defensive player of the year before the season. He's it's, playing it's well. feeling pretty good. I do I, not like Marcus Mariota in this spot. He is going to start, but he still has issues with the elbow, not 100%. Give the Titans a little bit of credit. The NFC NFC South had a chance to put them away without both starting tackles, without their quarterback, and now Jack Conklin's participating in full practices, their right tackle Terrell Lawan's back. Uh Taewon Taylor is probably should get some more snaps now that Richard Matthews has requested his release. So we're going to see some oh, that's of these right. young players. That was an odd, an odd scenario. I thought after Vontae Davis, nothing is really odd to me. But it's very odd. Lower it, than it's that. very similar. He the, he no, literally it's not. signed not a co- similar. He, <laughs> he signed, didn't do it in the middle of a game. No, but he signed that's a contract a extension different. like a, a week, three or four weeks ago, and he had a quote just two weeks ago saying, "I'm you know I'm coming back from injury. Whatever role they want me to." Use me in. I'm I'm fine with that. And then three weeks in the season, he says, "You're not using me enough. Please cut me." Uh, let's move on. Uh, NFC West battle: the Seattle Seahawks, one and two. They got it done against Dallas last week after uh, back-to-back losses to start the season. They travel to Arizona. Uh, what's the name of their stadium now? What are people calling the it? Farm? The Farm. The Farm to face. Uh, a Cardinals offense that has been sent to the farm. If you catch why is it called the farm? I know, I know our friend State Jason farm Sumwald. Something. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but we put that offense out to pasture. You there it is, saying? Greg. The Cardinals <laughs> are last in total offense, scoring, rushing, passing, third down, turnovers, big plays, yards per play. Oh my God! But Josh Rosen is here to save the day. Is he? <laughs> It's good that he's had practice playing behind a bad offensive line. That was the case at UCLA, and I think for the most part he threw pretty well against pressure. But this is this is an uphill battle. I think he's in the worst position of any of the rookie quarterbacks that that have to start. You just hope you hope Larry Fitzgerald is healthy and hit right because he hasn't quite looked like himself yet this year. And David Johnson in the running game. You just hope that they can somehow create an offense around Rosen that everyone else gets better. Isn't it, he's not enough to save it. Isn't it a, a harsh indictment on this offensive coaching staff that David Johnson is what he is after three weeks? It is. And that Chase Edmonds, their backup running back, has more receptions than their number three receiver. That Christian Kirk, their rookie, who was billed as a slot receiver, is leading the team at 10.1 yards per reception. There is no big play element in this offense. And this is a tough matchup. The Seahawks defense, they've had a pretty good matchups 
But for the most part, their numbers are great. And Bradley McDougald has been on fire. So him and er Errol Thomas, the best safety combo in the league. Bobby Wagner was incredible last week. Frank Clark's playing as well as he ever had. It's like the Seahawks defense isn't that far off they're of fine. what you would want. They're, they're fine. They, they can win this game on their own, and suddenly they're 2-2. Two and two. Mm. Cardinals are a bit of a mess right now. Mark Sessler, uh, you'd have, you have something you'd like to share with the group and the audience, correct? Oh, well, occasionally we – you know, we ban phrases on this show, and anyone is, is always invited to do it. But um, I've run into one <laughs> that I am absolutely done with. Really? I am absolutely done with this phrase. And this came from that, and I listen, I brought this upon myself, but that tweet about drinking bleach if Josh Gordon wound up with a handful of teams. Yeah, that didn't teams, turn out well. It did not turn out well. Aaron Ravel, of all people, also quote retweeted. I didn't need that at all. Yeah. I didn't need that at all. But one thing that I noticed, and yes, you ever have like – you have like the, the the female friend that's constantly getting like killed, uh, like getting millions of messages on Facebook or in general, and she'll complain, rightly so, that like when eighty, when a hundred guys write you, ninety five of them are hideously dumb and say the same stupid thing. They have no, and then maybe one or two people shine. It was the same thing with with this mostly um, a group of people coming from Western, Northern, Eastern, and Southern Massachusetts after this tweet. Over and over, there were maybe one or two creative responses, but then I would say 800 to 900 were simply, this aged well. Ooh, Ooh that's a good one to ban. That phrase is out! I think we need the cannon. we got to fire it out of the lexicon. I'm with you. It's gone. Sometimes people use it unironically, too. I've gotten that on Twitter. Right. If they, you they are find someone, an old article that actually worked out, and they said it. But even that, I don't like. It's, no, if you are someone that employs this, typically on Twitter, you need to check yourself at the door. At the same time, there has been a bit of an alteration with a previously banned phrase. Can I just, before you move yes. on, since you were in that realm, let me just throw out there the idea of banning, uh, quote, retweeting something from somebody and then just writing this, period. Yeah, don't need it. That's just yeah, just no, hammer the retweet. Right. You are right. adding nothing. You are right. adding nothing. That's yes. in that's that's in the, this new anti-dictionary. Fire it. Add something if you're going to retweet. Right. Uh, that thing is I out. I feel like we're cleaning up social media. That thing is out. Yeah. Here is one um, that I am, as soon as the death siren ends, I am unblocking this phrase until October 12th. Until 10, 12. Living your best life. Go do it. That's, Go enjoy yourself. This is so... Enjoy it. If you want to use it, Erica, you can use it all you want. Why? Why are you, why are you standing down on this? I don't why like Why only for two weeks? In my mind. You've got to be a man of integrity. In my mind, it is, no, I'm allowing people to, you take something away, find out if you really like it or not. Use it liberally if you were before, and then we're going to ban it again, and you, I think they'll, they'll come around to agree because I've gotten a lot of flack for living your best life. You, well, let's, let's be real. This has not been uh, the brightest moment for the banned word committee. This whole best. There is no committee because since it since you banned it, you've been using it's it more. Up. People yeah. have been using it more, and now you're unbanning it. This is like NFL like rules changing behavior. Where it's like this, the national it's anthem. Rule. It's gotten a lot of criticism. One thing that you said that is incorrect. There is no committee. I am the committee. <laughs> well, you said anyone is free to do I it. I just want you, to you, you can operate as a one man committee too. Louis the Sun King, Leta Samoa. What were you gonna say, Tamposi? Just that I think I posted it literally in my Instagram story last night mm. and Mark took a screenshot and sent it to me and he said you truly are living your best life. Mm -hmm. The the do what nice. do as you please. The the only issue is from you know how people see it Mark. How people see it is you kind of flip-flopping a little bit. 
And that, it just that, here, here's this. You, the look is that is great. something that you have an issue with. I'm, do, I'm trying I to help. I'm saying what what does the public see? I do not care. I think everyone I around do, this table has that. I do not issue. care about the public at all. One word. Optics. Right. right. It's pretty rare Not to a great see look. your kissing cousin uh, buddy over there raising would, his eyebrows. I would just say one thing. <laughs> if you're going to do a hammer drop, drop the hammer. Yes. Don't pick it up. I am the committee. <laughs> <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, Mark Sessler, 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Big dramatic win on Thursday Night Football. They're the new America's sweetheart. And now they get a chance. It's on the road, but they get a winless Oakland Raiders team. Uh, Mark, this is a great spot. Baker Mayfield making his first start against the mediocre team. But you really want to get some momentum rolling on the season? Go get another W. Double it up, right? I think so because you can't follow up what just happened with a raging dud against a team that cannot rush the passer. And my one thing watching all these Raiders games under Gruden is I see a team that does some nice stuff throughout but cannot finish. They cannot find a way to close They've these games out. They've been winning in the fourth quarter of all three games. Right. They, they could not handle it against the Broncos. They, I mean, the Rams took them out late in that first game. But the Miami game, too. This team cannot figure out how to, how to seal the deal in the fourth quarter. And I really think this is a nice matchup on paper for Baker Mayfield against a defense that cannot get to the quarterback. Three nice things about the Oakland Raiders. They score on the opening drive every week. Jared Cook is playing like a Pro Bowl tight end. And Leon Hall was one of the afterthought pickups of the mm. season. That guy was a big written, honor. written off as, like, done for his career, and now he's their best defensive back. But Baker Mayfield, I mean, this is a new tomorrow. Hope dancing in shoulder pads. Mm. Turn your whole franchise around. We know the range of possibilities because we've seen them. We've seen but Brett Favre take over for Don Mikowski and then turn Green Bay from what Buffalo is now, which is what they were in the late 80s, early 90s, a Siberia of the NFL, into – oh, we're going to celebrate their history again. We've seen Peyton Manning come to the Colts and, as Dave Letterman said, change the skyline. These are the range of possibilities for Cleveland. I, also I, hope, they're not, I hope they're not sucking Browns fans in because tortured franchises, we talked about this yesterday too, Mark. Sometimes tortured franchises, they're really good at sucking you in. Right, but Baker Mayfield, he does it because – what he did in that first game against the Jets was totally consistent with what we saw in the preseason and what we saw from him in college and just the, the confidence that he had, his ability. We joke about the cutting the cake and talking, but he can do a lot of things at once. While defenders are running after him, he's calm enough during the game to be motioning to yeah. his receiver he to come like back. He looks like the real deal. And I what have we that. said all along? He's got to be a ghostbuster. Well, what's going on this week? No mention of Hugh Jackson's job. No mention of Josh Gordon. No mention of Tyrod Taylor in a quarterback controversy. He's already busting ghosts. This is I'm just drinking it in. He's going to a team though, to face a defense in Oakland that's only given up 17 points in the first half of games this year. They've pretty much shut people down. And the thing that I hate is that they don't build a big lead. It's always not as big a lead as possible, and it's because of one philosophy that Gruden has that is very old school that wasn't picked on over the summer, and is that he believes in completions. Like, if you read... If you read his books, that he believes completions are the most important stat. And that's why you see these 12, 14 play drives. And I just, that, that's not how the NFL works right now. Like, defenses are happy to let you go on 10, 12, 14 play drives because they don't think you're going to be able to finish it off. And that's what we see. They move the ball down the field, and then they end up kicking a field goal, and they don't score that many points. And real quick, like, isn't that first drive because Gruden is the scripter? He scripts yes. that first drive, and then it doesn't happen again. Do we all have the Browns in this game? 
I do. I was really thinking about locking it up because this is a great matchup for their defense, which is turning some balls, turning, making. They have hard. 11 turnovers already, almost matching less. I think it's going to be a close game. Do we I all am, have the Browns in this game? I am feet first, diving into the Baker Mayfield hype train. Yeah, we do. I That's do. never happened on this podcast before. Now what, the, cu- me, now me the cousins the are really kissing. Uh, a four across picking the Browns wow. to win a game. Uh, moving on. I don't think I've ever picked them to win a game on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the worked that well. Honestly. 49ers, uh, a sad situation there. Jimmy Garoppolo officially diagnosed on Monday with a torn ACL and maybe some MCL damage, which was uh, like with Carson Wentz. It, it, that That's a kind of a, a real hardcore rehab. It's going to take some time. Uh, we'll see him again next se- September. Uh, but for now, the Niners kind of have to put a halt on all that optimism. They travel to L.A. to face the Chargers, who are off to a Charger-esque start. Some good things, some bad things, and ultimately they're putting themselves in a hole at one and two. Here's a chance, though, uh, Wes, for them to get a W against the Niners team, which I, I'm sure is in a bit of shock right now. Yeah, I could not look in the mirror and lock this game up. Um, I, I saw that Greg tweeted that he's talking himself into C.J. Beathard not being a total disaster, and I agree with that. I've I've had that talk with myself, that C.J. Beth, Beth, Beathard was drafted in the third round for a reason, that Kyle Shanahan believes he shares a lot of qualities to Kirk Cousins, and maybe this guy, it, it was hard to ask a backup to come in last year behind Brian Hoyer. A rookie. And move an offense that didn't have much going for it at the time. It has a little bit more going for it now. I'm not giving up on C.J. Beathard making the 49ers watchable, but the Chargers are so much better, and and it starts with that offense. And a guy like Mike Williams, who had a great game and is already, to me, he's displaced Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin as the number two option in that passing game. Hmm. Yeah, the problem with the 49ers is they don't have a defense. So it's one thing to have a a quarterback like Beathard, who does have a good running game. Right now they're second in the league in running, but they're not stopping anyone. They – they lost Richard Sherman, who was playing well. They had already benched Akello Witherspoon, who they talked up all offseason as like their number one cornerback, and they'd already benched him. They're missing Jaquiski Tart. They're just they're one of the worst defenses in the league. So that combined with Beathard's stuff. Uh, moving on, the New Orleans Saints uh, <laughs> uh, overtime win over the Falcons, uh, where that offense really uh, balled out, as they say. What's so funny? Nothing. I don't know why Mark. Uh, why are you laughing? Erica just sent a Slack message that was humorous. Oh, how about we keep our focus on the show? Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ricky Hollywood. Was it about oh. another podcast? Uh, no, it was about a 49ers quarterback, the one who's not injured. Oh, okay. Um, oh, beat hard. Something about that. Nailed it. Yeah. Up that alley. Got it. Got it. That's too. I always, I'm predicting these things that you and Zumwalt would have a Star Wars podcast. Right. And now that you and Ricky Hollywood are making <laughs> we sexual were, we innuendo were going, jokes We were going together. to attempt to keep that uh, side podcast under wraps for now, but that it is no longer in, under wraps. Apologies, Jason. In fairness to Erica, though, like <laughs> it's hard for her to focus on a sport she doesn't really care that no, much about did. for like an hour She's straight. So that's tough. She's going to amuse point. herself. I uh, like football a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the Saints. So convincing. <laughs> Two and one travel to the Meadowlands. Who is the G-Man who looked much better on offense, uh, including uh, Eli, who played very well against the Texans in a 27-22 win. So the Giants uh, got off the mat after the 0-2 start. This, to me, is a toss-up game. Greg, how do you feel about it? I I wouldn't call it a toss-up game because the Saints have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and one of the better 
just passing attacks in the league. So I yeah, think, but I think Drew Brees on the road is a different guy than in the dome. That's true. Look at the numbers. That that's true. That's true. And the Giants defense has been under the radar, playing pretty well. James Betcher's come from Arizona. Not maybe as many name players playing well because Olivier Vernon's not even healthy, uh, but they've been tough. But I still don't totally trust them. Then again, the Saints. And now you're talking me into it. The Saints defense mm. has been ridiculous. They're giving up a, almost. Well, you think 12, every game's going to be amazing? So no, they they've I'd been giving up almost 12 yards per attempt this year. Ken Crawley, P.J. Williams, their cornerbacks who played pretty well last year have turned into pumpkins and people are just attacking anyone not named Mar- Marshawn Lattimore and Marshawn Lattimore kind of hasn't been as dominant this year as he nope. was a year ago this Giants defense which I think has been a snooze fest essentially since that Super Bowl win the last one I think they played well last week Snacks Harrison Kerry Wynn these guys um, are doing a nice job for the Giants and the one thing about the, the New York team to me like they feel like they're not going to make the playoffs to me they're not a playoff team but they are going to screw some teams' seasons up down the stretch by winning some of these weird games. I think Saquon Barkley is the most interesting player I watched on Game Pass last week. He is, and he's wearing number 26. Lamar Lamar Miller was wearing 26 in that game, and the difference between the two of them and the ability to make (laughs) defenders miss was striking. I loved what I saw from the Giants' offense. I thought Eli played really well. There was one throw – off one foot early in the game where he nailed a strike to Sterling Shepard about 20 yards downfield. I haven't seen Eli make that play in years. Uh, and then he put that touchdown right on Red, Red Ellison's hands. But I, I like this as a breakout game for the Giants offense. It I, does hurt to miss Evan Ingram, though. Like, Odell might go for 200. Yeah. Evan, Evan Ingram's out probably about two weeks at least with an MCL sprain. Greg, when we were watching it in real time, you thought it might be an ACL. So they're, they're thrilled that Ingram's season's not over. I think Sterling Shepard, who's – Still kind of under the radar. I, I think he's a stud. I think he could end up becoming an even bigger part of this offense with Ingram out. And Odell, yeah, he's due for one of those crazy-ass Odell games. One thing on the Saints, I will, not for, I will not forgive Sean Payton if he takes Alvin Kamara away from us by messing around on punt returns. In the same game, you're giving him 20. I've never seen a running back with 20 targets. He's third in the league, I think, in receptions, and he's in the top 10 in receiving yards. Alvin he's Kamara. too fun to watch. Do not take him away from us with this punt return nonsense. I do love, though, that. Sean Payton is turning Taysom Hill into more of a thing each yes. and every week. Yeah. At, at, to quote Michael Thomas on Twitter, Taysom Hill is a created player. I have never seen something like Taysom Hill. They're taking Drew Brees off the field on some of the biggest snaps of this season. This guy's running. He's returning punts. It's like every time he touches the ball, Taysom Hill is a little bit of magic. Mm-hmm. You know what, Ricky? Scratch my uh, lock. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Are going to do it? I'm starting to feel it again. Oh, Uh-oh. no. Uh-oh. The New York guy. He doesn't respect Right on Taysom. the board of Jersey. I take the – He's uh, on the road. I get on the Garden State Parkway, and then I get off at exit 163. <laughs> Put me on Route 17, and then take me right into the Meadowlands. I'm going to lock it up. Big Blue the G-Man. <laughs> One of the great locks in history. <laughs> what on earth? I'm Wait, <laughs> that was so much better than your Texas lock. I know. So I'm, much better. I'm like, like how you avoided the Tappan Zee Bridge on that right. route back into the city. <laughs> Different there. direction, bro. I'm convinced uh, Dan likes the Giants now more than the I Jets. love the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> like the last, Giants. You are like a fan because last week you were like, I don't even want to watch the Giants this week. You watch the Giants, Greg. I need to take a week off, but now you're back in. You know, you know I've been open about this. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I, I'm in California by, uh, by my job. Uh, I'm. I want to be on the East Coast. The Giants are the, one of those things that. Oh, that's that's where I come from. 
So I, I have a fondness. A touchstone, if you will. Yeah, I have, I have a fondness for Big Blue that I did not have when I moved to a California. A New York State of Mind, as Billy Joel would say about nice. you. Nice. That's a good song. Uh, and uh, the Billy Joel stuff. Everybody's got to calm down about well, Billy who Joel. Who is even talking about I don't People think I mentioned Billy guy. Joel in I never 10 got years. it. I never got it. I like him a lot, but I kn- how often have I ever mentioned Billy Joel well, to you? Oh, it's not ever? about you. Oh, it's right. just like it's Billy Joel is always at the tip of everyone's tongue. It, he is? It's just like, come on. Who, is, he the tip of any, is he at the tip of your tongue, years. Greg? No, but he is in New York. He's like he might as well he be has like a Paul McCartney there. at Madison Square Garden. I'm, I'm with you. I, I feel I, like I'm with he Dan is massively this. off the grid. I'm, I'm with Dan on this. But, I, but what do I know? I don't have the music podcast on Friday night, so you know you know about Billy Joel more than I do. Why are you getting upset? I'm not. I just it's not on the tip of my tongue. Like I I talk about Billy Joel maybe once once a year. You're so bad right now. No, I'm just saying like maybe once a year. My issue is like, oh, why do you go talk about him on your throwback podcast? <laughs> every Friday night. It's like, yes, but there well, is maybe one. We'll bring him up on the Star Thursday, Wars pod. Every Thursday, the throwback podcast. Do you need a producer? Uh, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, and equipment. It's you more, don't need another job, Tim Posey. It's, an, it's, it's a thing with Billy Joel Mark, in that region. If, I will give it to you because I'm not informed. If you ever want to have me on to discuss the first three Star Wars, I'll be happy, but I've never been asked to be on the throwback. Of course. Or the, oh, or the, J, or of, the JRVP. Of course you will be on. Thank you. We've never of had a guest. You will in be fairness, on. we've never had a guest on the, the I don't think West, I, project. I am West doesn't know music. We can't have <laughs> no, him no. on. <laughs> and by the way, I you know talking see, with see Dan the yesterday. the toxicity that you're bringing no, to the room. West, who, West who knows more about Dan and Bob Kestrone music combined has never been <laughs> asked to be on the podcast. And by the way, Whoa. West, not to add an, another wrinkle to this, but Dan yesterday <laughs> invited me back on the show. To do um, a top ten sort of banger list from the year maybe, I graduated. Maybe high school. you can talk about Billy Joel. I might oh, have to. Wow, wow this I is really Jack the Ripper. This is really taking a turn, Wes. I'd love to have you on the throwback. Let's talk about an album. All right. Let's let's talk. Let's take this offline and set something. A up. '90s album. It's and tricky because Wes gave up on music by the '90s. How about Wes on the Spin Doctors? A nice '90 minutes. Wes doing doctors. the Spin Doctors. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, <laughs> they fun. are two and one. They are feeling good about themselves. I like this Ravens team. I think they're going to be involved in January. They're traveling to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, who held off the Bucks on Monday night, a short week. Mark, two of your favorite teams in the league. Uh, <laughs> which team do you like more right now? In terms of I just like them? No, you a hate, better team? I know you hate both of them. I, I'm talking about which team to you strikes you as a, a better team at this I moment. think the Steelers could beat any team in the league in the right week, but I'll say something about the Ravens. Nice for the first time in a long time. This is the most – Watchable Ravens offense I have seen since, I believe, since I've worked here outside of that January Super Bowl run. They are going to hang around in every single game. spit that out. They're in this January Super Bowl (laughs) run. Well, that was a disgusting Super Bowl week. But I will tell you, I think this team is as fun to watch as they've been in a long, long time to me. And they are going to screw screw with some teams down the stretch. They're they're a playoff team. I mean, they might be – there's – there are There's no reason why teams. they can't be a, a one seed in the AFC. I think right. the one seed in the – not saying they will. I think there could be seven or eight teams that have a chance of that, and they're, they're near the top of the list for me. Yo, might be going to the Pro Bowl. Johnny Brown. Johnny Brown's back. Johnny Brown, ah, forget about that back. sickle cell. Johnny Brown is a real playmaker on that Ravens offense, and he's been, he's been a big piece for them. Top ten. Afterthought acquisitions. He's number five on the list this year. I mean, the worst, the worst group in this game. The biggest weakness is the Steelers' defense. They're poorly coached. They, they, wow. They miss their assignment. Well, poorly coached. Well, when you have more than penalties, t- when you have ten more penalties than any team in the league, and then then on top of that, you're 
secondary doesn't seem to know who to cover in terms of miscommunication. Maybe they button it up. The Patriots had this sort I of I thought Joe Hayden early. helped them a little bit. Absolutely. Last week. He did, but there are guys just kind of running free from mistakes in terms of the play calls instead of just they're getting beat physically. So when that happens like week after week, it basically has every week this season, that's a problem. I think they missed David DeCastro on their offensive line too. There was a lot of pressure coming up in past weeks right up the middle against Big Ben. Uh, finally, Monday night football. So that's the Sunday night game. Who are we Al taking Chris? in that game? We should, yeah, we should pick what, the Sunday night Steelers, game? Ravens. I mean, that's a big game. I'm going Ravens. I'm going Ravens, too. In, that's tough. That's all order in Pittsburgh, but I think they're that they're going to do it. Yeah, I see this as a coin flip game. I like both of these teams. I'm going Pittsburgh because they're playing at home. I'm Dan's going Ravens. Going, Dan's and going Giants. And Antonio Brown's, like, <laughs> head exploding at halftime if Juju mm. Smith-Schuster is still leading him by 150 yards this season. Ooh, right. <laughs> uh, Justin uh, Tucker against... Chris Boswell. Oh, that's a mismatch. I got the Ravens. They had some special teams issues last week. Monday Night Football, the Kansas City Chiefs, the high-flying Kansas City Chiefs, 3-0. They've scored 38, 42, and 38 in their first three conquests. And Patrick Mahomes is the runaway early leader for MVP, but it's too early to get excited about that. But if you're a Chiefs fan, you are loving life, and now you travel to mile high uh, to face the Broncos. The Broncos, West just got by the Raiders, barely in week two. Uh, they looked good in week one against the Seahawks. Not so good last week at Baltimore. Uh, the Chiefs going to keep rolling here on the road? I think that's the that would be the consensus opinion. I don't – in a rivalry like this, I'm not just going to hand the Chiefs the win. <laughs> and I am going to have MVP ranks next week. For so it's MVP. not too early, baby. And I'm not sure that Patrick Mahomes is going to be even the number one player from his team on the, on my MVP ring. Oh, here's that Tyreek wow. Hill. Tyreek Hill is is one of the best players in the NFL, and everything that offense does is based on him making shit happen. To to your point, I don't think Mahomes had a pr- particularly standout game last week. I think he did his job and he played well. Of the three games, I think it was his worst game by far. It, it was and it was still solid. But it's amazing that you can put up that many points without your quarterback needing to do a crazy amount. I mean, it just shows what what they're doing on offense and the talent that they have. This does feel like kind of the game, not that the Chiefs come back to earth, but that the Broncos are right in it in the second half because this Chiefs defense is terrible. Eric Berry not playing this year has killed them. He has not practiced. That's It's a pretty under under the radar story considering he's like their, he's been their best player for so long, but he hasn't played in a year and a half now. D Ford, who had been playing really well, looks like he might miss this game. So Anthony Hitchens, they gave a ton of money to, has been really struggling. Like I think Case Keenum could could go up and down the field he's got and, the receivers and, and, and be too. matching Patrick Mahomes best, in this game. Is this the best Emmanuel Sanders we've ever seen? I don't I don't want to go that far because he was like Pro Bowl level in he's pretty 2014, good. 2015. He just looks re, like Completely re-energized. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There you go. There's the preview of week four. Uh, Here are the Billy Joel songs that are fine. Quick, quick recap. Piano Man. It's classic. That is a great song. Uh, The Only the Good Die Young. I like that song. Moving Out, Anthony song, not bad. The Longest Time. Moving Out. It's okay. Uh, Do you even know these songs, Tamposi? Like, are you aware of all these songs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like the ones about like the old hometown and stuff. <laughs> Coming back from the Vietnam the ballad of Billy the Kid is a great song. That's Say fun. goodbye to Hollywood. New York State of Mind. It's like, come on. Uh, every game <laughs> well, we I, just hold on there <laughs> previewed. All for Captain, Captain Jack. 
Oh, please. If I have to hear that song one more time. I, well, I thought that was Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. <laughs> it <laughs> probably does yeah. right now. I, that's I will the, say that's this. the bigger one right oh, now. If right. your yeah. argument is that he, for a long period of time, all his hits became so overplayed that it was almost like Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison, where it's on every friggin' mixtape you've ever made for a girl or received from a girl. Please. Look, if you may, if you put Billy Joel on a mixtape, that's on you. No, I'm saying Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl. Like, <laughs> I, am I wrong, with? I, I don't, don't know how many mixtapes you made for girls. I it's always on every mixtape ever. Brown Eyed Girl is like 70th in Van Morrison songs. And that's the thing. I grew up thinking that was like his song. It's like he doesn't even. It isn't even in uh, in the, the top one hundred for me. Every game we preview just now, we will recap on uh, Sunday night. Well, except for Monday night. With a symbolic Billy Joel song attached to each. No, game. no. I like <laughs> that. This is enough. Like Joel, uh, Billy Joel, for the next six years. Uh, She's got a way. Greg's like it, itching right now. I need like a Greg likes rap segment right now. No, I'm just saying <laughs> this is all Billy Joel deserves. He's gotten a lot but of you run. Can, you here. continue to mention him. <laughs> yeah, on the tip of your tongue. Uh, the Monday night game that we just talked about will be on our uh, Tuesday Twitter show. And again, we implore you to check that out. Tuesdays, 1.30 Pacific, uh, 4.30 Eastern. Uh, but that is it for now. This is Dan Hansen signing. Hey, twins. <laughs> Uh-oh. More breaking news? Not for me. What's up? I hit the wrong button. Oh. oh. <laughs> breaking news. Still learning how to run the control room. Whoa. This is Dan Hansen signing off for... The Quiet Storm, the Mailman, the Old Boss, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. I will admit that when I was nine, we didn't start the fire. It seemed like a trenchant entry in his catalog. I don't think that anymore. Nor do I. Till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for the important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.